what would I tell that little girl? I would tell her, cut the crap. You are no better or worse than anybody else. You are lovable. You are special. No more or less than anybody else. Don't think of yourself as below anybody else. And be free to express your opinion. Shy is the ultimate um, insecure, right? We are shy because we are afraid to uh, let ourselves be seen. So when we are shy, we are hiding. Do you ever feel like you want to be that empowered woman who loves herself and sees her own reflection in the mirror and feels so full of joy and gratitude? Uh, I know that so many of us want that and we have such a hard time getting there because we're actually doing things that are disempowering ourselves and we don't even know it. Whether we are gossiping about other women or we're holding ourselves back in our careers. Uh, we are the bottleneck in the success of our own lives. I've created a course. It's called Women Taking the Lead. And it's all about how you as a woman can take the lead in your own life to feel good in your own skin, to wake up in the morning with intention and to live a life filled with grace and ease and all the good things that you've wished for for years. If you're interested and this is speaking to you, I want you to check out our website, www.melodypormorati.com slash women taking the lead or check out the show notes. There is no reason for you to spend another minute uh, in a battle with yourself. You deserve to be the best version of yourself. And I'm so excited to show you exactly how. Welcome back to the Empowering Her podcast, everybody. I'm so excited to be with you. I'm so excited about my amazing guest, who is my beautiful, dear friend, Tina Shayani. Uh, welcome, Tina. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you, Melody, for having me here and being such an inspiration to me for so many years. I love you. I love you so much. And you and I have such beautiful conversations, like off camera, off podcast, daily. And we talk about the like the pains of the world and the beauties of the world and we give our perspectives to each other and I always leave your presence feeling so much lighter than I did before like whatever I was carrying just feels so much lighter and you just have this beautiful uh way of shifting people's perspectives to to, to really just feel better. So I'm, I'm going to have you introduce yourself and then we can go right into our topic for today. Okay. Hi, everyone. I am Tina Shayani. I am the head coach at T-Shay Coaching, where we help people attract and build loving, lasting relationships. Love that. I love what you're doing. I'm so inspired by all the work that you're doing. I've like literally watched you, Tina, on this beautiful journey that you've taken from becoming a coach and deciding on your niche and going all in. Like in the last two years, would you say the last two years, you've just gone all in and it's totally inspiring. And I love, I love witnessing this journey of yours. So, um, 
you, I, I asked you what you wanted to talk about today. And so that's what we're going to talk about. So I'm going to let you introduce the topic. Okay. But first I want to say that you have been a great mentor for me along this journey. And uh, I really appreciate and love you for that. And I'm so lucky to have you as my friend and my colleague and my mentor. And you mentioned something a little bit earlier that I want to address before we go into our main topic. You said that I have a calming presence, that you leave my presence lighter. So now a lot of things people think, oh, that's just the way it is. That's the way she is. But the truth is, that's not the way I always have been. It's the way that I am now, but it's something that I cultivated. It's something that I worked for. It wasn't magic. It wasn't a miracle. I wasn't born this way. So when we look at other people, we very often think, well, they're just lucky. They have this thing, but that's not the truth. And if you see a quality that you like in someone else, you can aspire to also have that quality by working towards it. I love that you're saying this. And I love that you're starting off with this because really that isn't that the truth as coaches, we know that we are all malleable. We actually are, but it all starts with a willingness. It's a willingness. Like so often people say things like, Oh, I could never do that. Oh, she's gifted. Oh, she's born with it. Oh, she's so lucky. And you use the word lucky. And I'm so glad you did because there's this phenomenon on TikTok and Instagram and all the reels where they're talking about lucky girl syndrome. And it kind of drives me nutty because it's not luck. <laughs> like, do you know what I'm saying? It's not about luck. It's about creating uh different conditions to exist in. It's about different thoughts, creating new uh, mindsets, like it's all a decision and a willingness to do things in that way that you just said we aspire to. So it's not, it's not luck. It's, it's hard work. It's hard work. Um, and, and that's, I think that's a really great way to kick this whole conversation off because we're talking about feelings, right? We're talking about feelings as our guides. We're talking about feelings being okay, all feelings being okay. And, I, I think it's interesting. I, I feel like anytime we would have this conversation, this would be the case. But like on a community level, we've just had a tragedy in our community, right? In Long Island. I'm not even going to talk about it because I don't want to bring it into existence. Um, you know, there have been the mass shootings. There's always a mass shooting, it feels like these days. It all feels so heavy. I know in your personal life, you've dealt with a loss as well. It all feels so heavy. And so talk to us a little bit about this and how to not get completely consumed by what's going on in the world around us. Well, you know what? The world has always been a place with good things and bad things. And life, every human life, we see tragedies. It's the nature of being a human being. But it's also important to realize that the, that these are outliers. They are, we pay so much attention to them and they consume so much of our energy and our attention because they are things that are unusual. And it's very important to understand that because most kids, uh, are going to go to school and nothing is going to happen and they're going to come home and everything is going to be fine. 
most people are going to go through the day and have a very perfectly normal day. But then we hear the stories about the outliers, about the unusual events when something out of the ordinary happens to someone and we panic. We hyper focus our attention and we begin to worry about what if this happens to me? And the probability is not very high that it will happen to us. But it is also appropriate to be sad for somebody else. It's it's appropriate to feel somebody else's pain. What happens when it becomes inappropriate is when it takes over our lives, when we feel that pain for longer than is um, I don't want to use the word normal, but longer than is healthy for our own being. Yeah. Because it's good to share somebody else's pain, but not be consumed by it and have it destroy your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, a few things come up when you say this. I mean, there's this one quote that always gets me through the difficult times is pain is inevitable and suffering is optional, right? So in whatever the scenario is, we can feel the pain, but the suffering, the the reliving the experience over and over in our minds, that is suffering. That is us contributing to our own suffering. And when we are in a constant state of suffering, we we lose our power, we, we yeah. rob ourselves of all of our power. And then we can't be of support to those who might be experiencing their pain. So I feel like that's a, a really big one. But, you know, it, you say it and I say it and yet it still feels so tough. Yeah. It's- and when you are in the thick of it and you are in pain, you have to. And this brings us to our topic of feelings. It's okay. It's okay to experience that pain because it is appropriate. If we hear the story of the tragedy that happened recently here in our area and we don't feel that pain, if we are not saddened by that story, if it doesn't crush your heart just a little bit, then we've lost our humanity. It is important to have that empathy for other humans. Yes. Yes. It's very, it's very, and again, you use, when we first started chatting, you use the word appropriate. It is appropriate. We are human beings. We are feeling beings at the end of the day. And there's a, a Marianne Williamson book. I, I don't know if I'm getting the title correct. So please don't quote me on this. I think it's from, um, to tragedy, to tra- from tragedy to triumph, something along those lines. Okay. You know which book I'm talking about? And she talks about appropriate feelings. Like when somebody passes away in our lives, it's appropriate for us to grieve and to mourn. And she was saying like so many people are questioning themselves, like, like, why do I feel this way? And they run to antidepressants and, um, you know, all these, they, they, they jump to conclusions about who they are as a result of their sadness when really it's perfectly appropriate to feel sad in that time. So knowing the difference, right? Um, of when you're, chronically sad or when there is an event that has contributed to to you feeling that deep sadness right like knowing the difference between the two 
Absolutely. And we live in a society that you open social media and everyone looks like they are having the greatest day of their lives. Everything is larger than life. Everything is an event. And then when we don't feel blissful in every moment of our lives, we think that there is something wrong with us. But we need to experience not just good feelings, but we need to experience other feelings as well. And we need to understand that if something happens or we just feel bad, it's just a feeling and feeling bad is not going to kill us. And we have to give ourselves the space to experience that feeling. And instead of saying, I am sad, there is a very big difference to say, I am feeling sad. Instead of defining by ourselves by the emotion, to name it and say that I am feeling this, and this is a feeling, and the feeling will pass. Mm, Oh my God, I love what you're saying, because... I am statements are so powerful, right? So whatever comes after the words I am is literally creating your reality. So when you say I am sad, you're making that a part of your personal identity, right? But when you say I'm feeling sad, you take ownership of the feeling, but the feeling can change. It's not who you are. It's not deeply ingrained in who you are that you must always be sad. And our language is so important. It's so important to make that very clear distinction that you just brought up. So that's super brilliant. Now let's talk about these not good feeling feelings. Cause like nobody wants to feel them. None of us are excited to feel them, right? Like it's, 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 it's the worst. And when you're in it, it feels like it's never going to end. Right. Right. So how do we, how do we move through. Like I've heard things like the only way to heal it is to feel it. The only way out is through. What are some other, like, let's brainstorm. What are some other ways that we can cope with these not good feeling feelings and actually in the moment say to ourselves, like, this is temporary. This is not forever. It doesn't have to be forever. Well, I think it's, it's, we, we touched on something to identify it first as a feeling and say to yourself, I am feeling this and it, it will pass. And really to have that understanding that it is just a feeling and it is, it's, it's not going to kill us. I think that's because we are so afraid the fear of feeling bad. Mm-hmm. makes the feeling even worse and then because we are afraid to feel the feeling we push it down and underneath it just bubbles and becomes so much bigger than it needs to be so i think that we have to kind of forgive ourselves and say you know it's okay to feel bad i am feeling sad, I am feeling upset, I am feeling hurt, whatever it is that you're feeling, be okay with feeling that feeling. Because our feelings, why are we feeling at all? Why, Why do we have feelings at all? So I think that's something very, our feelings are 
um, explaining to us and helping us to understand our inner state and our relationship with the world around us. So when we are feeling bad, if we are feeling angry, it's important to look at the inner state of our lives and see what is going on. What is my experience? What are my thoughts that are leading to this feeling? And then we have the opportunity to change our thoughts and reframe things in order for them to feel better. Mm -hmm. I I love that. And it's important to understand that we are not the victims of our feelings. Mm -hmm. We are not at the mercy of our feelings. Our feelings come and go, but we are constant. And we have a lot more power over our feelings than we've ever been led to believe. Right, right. Brilliant. Well, you, you, you touched on how feelings are like communicators. Our feelings are communicating something to us about the state of our lives, about our circumstances, whatever they're in. And like, sometimes we need to move in the direction of those not so good feeling feelings so that we can understand what they're trying to share with us. And when we lean into that, when we feel it, then we can actually use that as information to help us, as you said, reframe, reframe the feeling. And you also said that we're not victims to our feelings. And I, I love, I love this idea. I mean, again, it's lucky girl syndrome. I feel like it's like the same thing, like, like being a victim, like it's like, it's like blaming something outside of ourselves for um, the circumstances of our lives. And the sooner we can take ownership of all that, feel the feelings, identify the feelings, allow those feelings to communicate what's up for us, the sooner we can step outside of that victim mentality, right? And just become the victor of our own lives. And it's such a beautiful feeling. And we talk about this stuff all the time, but it's like, you know, it bears repeating over and over again that we do get to choose our thoughts. Like when we're not feeling good, we get to feel those feelings, but we also get to ask ourselves, what came before this feeling? What was the thought? What did I create in my life? What was my point of creation, right? Or what What do you call it? What was um, whenever you and I talk about, oh, point of attraction, right? So often you and I talk about the crazy things going on in the world or the things going on in our own lives. And we're like, well, what's my point of attraction? Like, what am I attracting? How am I vibrating? What's the energy that I'm putting out there that's bringing certain events into my life? And this is by no means to blame anyone for the hardships and heartaches that come into their lives, but also asking ourselves what role we might play, what small role we might play in bringing certain things into our lives. Any thoughts on that? So I want to say that we have a much bigger role than we imagine because life circumstances will happen. Life happens around us. Things happen that we have no choice in. Right. We have a very big choice when it comes to our own reaction to life circumstances. So we can um, lay in the pit of despair and wallow there, 
Or we can pick ourselves up and say, what can I do with this situation? What can I do? How can I react to make this terrible, terrible situation just a little bit better? Yeah, yeah, I love that. What can I do? What can I, what role can I play to make this a little bit better? And yet so many of us still wallow in that pit of despair as like, I mean, what, what a beautiful, <laughs> the visualization. I'm, I'm like feeling it. You said it. Some of us just wallow in that pit of despair. And it's like when we can identify that we're actually doing that and that we are an active participant. Um, so many doors open. Sometimes it's hard to connect with your children, let alone empower them. Give me a what, what if you hear me. (laughs) So I know that uh, raising children in today's world is not always easy. And you so deeply want to impart wisdom on them and share with them ways that they can move through this world that feel filled with grace and ease and all the good stuff, um, but you're just not sure how to do that. So I created something for you. And the best part is this is for moms and dads of boys and girls. Um, And it's 33 bite-sized audios that are actually going to give you actionable ways to chat with your child in the most conversational, comfortable way uh, to introduce them to these principles of empowerment without them really feeling like you're trying to teach them something. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I want you to check out the empowerment sessions because I want this for you and I want this for your children. We get to shape their understanding of the world. We get to shape their understanding of how powerful they are And we get to do it as young as four and five years of age. This is my offering to you. I want you to check out the show notes and learn more about the empowerment sessions. You can also check out the website, www.melodypormorati.com slash empowerment sessions. I tell you a secret about that pit of despair. Tell us. Once you get in, it's very hard to get out. So you really, it's one thing to be sad, but we have to keep ourselves out of the pit because climbing out is much easier, much more difficult than keeping yourself from going in. I have a friend that uh, lost his wife recently and he is having a very difficult time, but in his circumstance, because he has young children to care for, he doesn't have the luxury of despair. He doesn't have the luxury of allowing himself to fall apart. He has no choice but to keep it together. And I say he has no choice, but he does. And he's choosing to keep it together. So what happens is that each day he gets through one day at a time and not because it's easy. It is difficult. But once you enter that pit, then you have a new problem of coming out. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's one of the reasons like, you know, I love to start young. I love to start teaching these principles to girls from a very young age, because like you see so many adults moving through this 
world, no, no judgment, but they are in that pit of despair, but they never knew another way, right? Like, let's say you grow up in a family where the pit of despair is all that there is. And there's that like lack mentality and everything is always wrong and everything, you know, we, we only attract negative things into our lives. And so, you know, there are people who come into families or are taught by other people who just, they didn't know any better. And so, um, I almost feel like some children are born into that pit of despair. So, which is why we need to like arm them with these principles from a young age to know how to really be um, active participants in their own lives and create their realities. You are so right about that because we learn, uh, children learn from their parents and their circumstance. And if they are learning that lack mentality that you said, and to be despair and to be the victim of life, there is an opportunity to open their eyes, to enlighten them and give them another way to interact with life. Ultimately, it is their decision how they're going to interact, but isn't it great to be exposed to different ideas and different ways of reacting to life's circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. And there's this beautiful, I don't know if it was Stephen Covey who said it, but like there's this beautiful space between stimulus and response, right? And it's like um, you can either react fully. That's what happens when we just, we don't think and we just act in rash ways and we do the first thing that comes to us. Or we can take a moment and respond to what life is bringing to us and be mindful about it and be thoughtful about it and make a more loving decision towards ourselves and towards the world. So there are so many different techniques we can use really to to help ourselves um, to get out of that difficult place, uh, the pit of despair, as we've so <laughs> beautifully called it. Um, but taking us back into the feelings. So um, when we feel, right, when we take the opportunity to lean into the feeling that's presenting itself to us, then and only then can we reach for higher, better feeling thoughts, right? But until we deal with the thought, with the feeling at hand, the one that's present with us right now, we can't reach for the next branch, Right. So, so just a, a reminder to all of us, like one of my daughters, whenever she's like having a bad day, whenever she's feeling not good, like she's questioning why she's not feeling good. And she's like, she's like, like trying to, to rationalize it and understand it and all the things. And all she really needs to do is allow herself to feel it so that she can move on from it. But instead she's trying to like, extract a lesson or understand why. And it's like, yes, we can understand why, but let's feel it first. Because on the other side of the feeling comes so much clarity, right? Absolutely. And you know what? We are trained to always want to feel good. Yes. And it's good to feel good, but it's okay to have contrast. It's okay to feel those other feelings. It's okay to sometimes feel negative. And when you are um extremely sad when you are on the edge of the pit you can't go from the edge of the pit to blissful 
And I think that's another um, common mistake that we want to feel this amazing, amazing thing all the time, but it's not really practical. But if you're on the ledge of the pit, reach for one step above, just a little bit. And exactly like rungs of a ladder, little by little, we move away from that feeling of sadness, that feeling of despair. So from sadness, we can go to unhappy, maybe. From unhappy, maybe we can go for anger and not be afraid, not be afraid of our feelings. It's okay to feel feelings. And there's also so much guilt associated with it that if I'm angry, there is something wrong. But from anger, we can move up the wrong. Anger is still better than a victim. Yeah, you know, we say all this and and still, like I remember when my kids were little or when I was little, like, and, uh, you know, our kids not feeling good. And we're like, put a smile on your face. Like, come on, snap out of it. Like there's so much messaging that goes into um these children's brains that comes from us that we don't even realize. Like we're just saying something that's available to us without really thinking it tr- through. But how often do we really give children the opportunity to truly express themselves and express their feelings? Usually we're actually trying to numb them right out of it, right? So that's something important to to acknowledge and to notice for those of us who are mothers or teachers. Um, we don't want them to snap out of it. We want to explore it, get curious about it, have them get curious about it and explore it. And then, you know, that and that's how we become fully functioning human adults who aren't afraid of our feelings and always running in the opposite direction and anesthetizing whatever it is that comes up and numbing ourselves because we don't want to feel the feeling that feels so icky. Icky is a good word. Icky. I love how amazing an opportunity you have given the girl life community how amazing this opportunity is for young girls to have exposure to these ideas to be exposed to these tools I didn't know about any of these things until well into adulthood and I can only imagine how different my life would look if I had had that head start. Yeah. yeah this been is what it's about. This is what it's about. Different and better experience. I love if, the word you just used, head start. That's what it is. Yeah, you're giving these girl life gives young girls a head start in life because most people don't come to this information if they come to this information at all i want to say that most people just live life by default from what they learned at home without any real exposure to alternative ways of interacting and feeling the world around us. So what a beautiful head start a girl at nine or 10 or 11 or eight has by understanding that this concept, instead of waiting until they're in their mid to late 20s to kind of have this epiphany. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I, I mean, you know how I feel. Thank you for those words, but that's what it's all about. And we got to get this message out there. We got to start our children young. Um, I'm meeting with our empower our girls tomorrow. And the topic is making powerful choices and talking to kids about how, like, just like everything you and I have been discussing right now, we get to choose the, we're going to talk about how we make small choices every day, like the, the clothes that we wear, you know, what we have for breakfast. And then we make the bigger choices, like what subject am I going to take in school? And some of the really important choices, like friendships, who are my friends? Who am I going to let into my inner circle? Because we become the sum of the five people we spend the most amount of time with, which by the way, I'm so grateful you're one of my five, Tina. Um, but like, yeah, let's give them a head start with these messages. And, and so, you know, with that feelings, like that's a whole workshop in and of itself, like feeling the feelings and all feelings are welcome. Don't run in the other direction, right? Move in the direction. It's your compass. It is your compass. So you work with young women, I work with older women in their 30s, in their 40s, into their 50s, that these ideas are revolutionary to them. We talk about these things and it's like light bulbs and fireworks. And But how sad that they had to wait so long and that they lived their life and they built their lives and now they're trying to create retroactive changes. They're trying to change the attitudes that have been embedded in them over sometimes decades and to undo just like the, it's much easier to build a, on a solid foundation from as a young woman than to try and undo something after 25 years. Well, ultimately, as a coach, isn't that what we're doing? We're like when we're working with women, they are unlearning. They have to unlearn years and years of being the ways of being that, you know, they it was all subconscious. They didn't even realize it. But once they start hearing from you about all these new ways of existing in the world, they unlearn and then they relearn a more empowered way. And it's a beautiful, like, it's beautiful to witness people on that journey, but it is cool that you and I are like working with different demographics and sharing notes and it's all, but it's always important work. Um, and I want you to tell everyone what you do. Like, like I, I'm so fascinated by your niche and it's, I feel like it, it's so, um, well, t- tell us about what you do and, and I'll, and then I'll share my comment, like well, specifically. Yeah. The more you do and the more you get your message out there, the less there will be for me to do. (laughs) Because you are laying the solid foundation and I am trying to work backwards and fix the foundation once it's underneath a whole bunch of things. But my focus really is on relationships because when I was deciding what um, group of people I want to work with as a coach, I said, what is the most important aspect of life? So everything that you do, the company that you keep is infinitely important. You know, you can go to the most beautiful tropical island at the Four Seasons 
and be with someone abusive and have a miserable time. Or you can go to the local 7-Eleven with a lovely, kind person that builds you up and you feel good with and have an amazing experience. So company is really everything. And the what relationship is the most important? The relationship between two people that come together to find a union. So if you can create a good relationship there, everything in life is going to be better. I love, I love that. Oh, what you do is so important, but you're, but inevitably what you're also very much doing when you work with your clients is helping them improve the relationship with themselves. Because when we do that, we exist differently in a union. You know what? You cannot give and receive love to somebody else if it's not something you have for yourself. You can't give from an empty bowl. But when you have that love within yourself, I call it a a deep well of love, then you are free to give and you are free to fill your well as well. But if you are working from a place of desperation, when you are desperate for a little attention and when you're looking to validate yourself through somebody else, that's when we get into trouble. Mm. So the first thing I work on with my clients is understanding how valuable and important they are, how they are the master of their own life experience, how they are not the victims. So if they had been to girl life already as children, they don't need me to do this with them. They already know. No, the work you do is incredible. And I just, I love hearing about the transformations that your clients are having. I love hearing about you and how exciting it is for you to be doing what you love. You know, like it's, it's, you know, a lot of people are like, no, like it's too late for me or I, I'm not going to step into this new. And it's like, I could never see you doing anything else. Like this is so you and you are, you are a master at delivering this content to the women that you work with. So it's like, I can't imagine you not doing this, right? I feel like it's what you've always been doing without the title of it. So now you're just doing it in a different way. And it's really, it's such a wonderful, wonderful feeling. And every client at one point tells me, wow, I never expected this to work. (laughs) And it really does. It's amazing how beautifully it works. And it changes every moment of every day. I love it. I love it. Um, I'm, I'm going to have you share how people can get in touch with you, your website, all the good stuff. And then I have a final question um, that I like to close the podcast off with. Ask, oh, you want me to share my website? Yeah, share your information. So I have a uh, Facebook group called Journey to Lasting Love. You can join my Facebook group. That's a very good way to keep in touch. And my website is tshaycoaching.com. I'm also on Instagram, setting up for love. 
And I would love to welcome your viewers there. And I love interacting with new people. Now I am ready for the question. Well, I'm I'm going to give you the question in one sec, but you have these amazing lives that you do in your Facebook group, like a, a half an hour, you go live. And just like this, you just bring, bring the wisdom. It's, I love it. And I never miss it even on replays. Um, so, so that's something you can look forward to in Tina's Facebook group, but okay, here's the question. Um, as you know, a girl self-confidence peaks at age well. Until recently, we thought it was age nine, and we've just learned that the new statistic that Mighty Girls just put out is that a girl's self-confidence peaks at age eight, which is crazy to me, and I have to do a whole podcast episode just on that. Um, but in line with that, I always love to get into the head of our guests, like what they were thinking at that age of eight or nine. So what would you say if you had the opportunity to your eight-year-old self? Wow, that's so my eight year old self, I want to tell you who she was a little bit. She was the polar opposite of who I am now. She was a little girl who was afraid of absolutely everything. I was literally afraid of stuffed animals and the UPS truck. <laughs> So I, I was this child that I was paralyzed by fear. I was painfully, painfully shy. I believed that the sound of my voice was a horrible sound. And I don't really know where these ideas came from because I grew up in a loving, caring environment. So I don't know where these ideas came from that I had to learn and the melody got me to start doing Facebook lives and things like this but that little girl that was disgusted by the sound of her own voice that I can sit and have this conversation with you so what would I tell that little girl I would tell her cut the crap you are no better or worse than anybody else you are lovable. You are special. No more or less than anybody else. Don't think of yourself as below anybody else and be free to express your opinion. Shy is the ultimate, um, insecure, right? We are shy because we are afraid to, uh, let ourselves be seen. So when we are shy, we are hiding. Beautiful. Oh my God. I love that. And I love how you painted the picture of who you were and how interesting that you think you were the polar opposite. I mean, I didn't know you back then. Um, but, but I really appreciate you sharing that. And like, it's so important for all of us to, to know, trust and believe that like we can change if we have the willingness to, we can feel better. We can choose to feel better. And, you know, we lived, it was a, a little bit of a different world. No one ever questions me. No one ever challenged my ideas about myself. Maybe a relative of someone told me, don't be so shy, <laughs> which was 
you know, not necessarily helpful or detrimental, but nobody ever looked below the surface to see where those ideas came from. And when we have those ideas about ourselves, whether as children or as adults, we need to look at those beliefs about ourselves. Most of those things we don't even know are there. But when we talk about them and we bring them to the surface, they and we look to see what they are, we see them for the ridiculousness that they really are. And they almost magically disappear, mm. even though it's not magic. Mm. It's, magic. it's not magic, <laughs> but it is a secret that you just shared with us. And I love it. I love everything that you've shared. Um, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. I figured it was about time that we just took it online, right? Like, thank you for inviting me. This was great. I love it. And I love you so much and keep doing the incredible work that you're doing. And I'll talk to you again tomorrow. (laughs) I can do less. (laughs) Yes. I love that. I love that. Love you, Tina. Love you too. Take care, Melody. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for your listenership. If you love what you're hearing, please consider leaving us a five-star review and subscribing to the show so that you don't miss an episode. These reviews are so very helpful to us and we are so grateful for each and every one of them. If you'd like to hang out with us on Instagram, give us a visit at Girl Life Empowerment. Can't wait to see you there.